0: Come on, somebody. Anybody love Jesus out there? If you do, give him a shout of praise right where you are. What an exciting day it is. We are so excited that you are with us today. I'm excited about this word that God has given me to share with you. 1952, there was a lady by the name of Florence Chadwick. She was a professional swimmer and she was about to set out to break a record swimming from the California coast to Catalina Island. This swim was going to take, it was 26 miles, and so she needed a support team, somebody to come alongside of her in a boat as she swam, and so she did just that. She gets ready, takes off swimming. There's a boat with her, a team of support, including her mother. And so they are going alongside of her as she is swimming to protect her, to make sure there are no sharks, to make sure uh, there is no emergent situation to where they need to, to intervene and step in. And so she's swimming. Hour goes by after hour, after hour, after hour. She gets to hour 14. And uh, and is kind of wanting to quit. She looks up as she's swimming to her support team and says, "I'm not sure that I can keep going. I'm not sure that I can keep swimming. I'm not sure that I am going to be able to make it." And they encouraged her. They said, "Come on, you got this. You can do this." Her mother, again, there cheering her on. And about that time, she continues swimming. This this fog began to cover the kind of layer of of the ocean as she was swimming across and. As she gets to hour 15, she literally can't see anything in front of her because of the fog that is covering her, that is blocking her view, if she will, uh, if you will. And she gets uh, to hour 15 and she says, I quit. I'm done. I need you to get me out of here. I can't go on anymore. And so they pull her out of the boat or out of the water into the boat, and as she gets in the boat and kind of gets her bearings, gets herself self together, her eyes are now above the fog, and what she notices is the island is just half a mile away. I came to tell somebody today, do not quit. That thing that you've been asking for, that thing that you've been praying for, that thing that you've been fighting for, the finish is closer than you think. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Don't quit don't throw in the towel give it all that you got to keep pursuing that thing that you are pursuing do not quit so that's what I want to talk to you about today if you're new here welcome my name is Brian Wood I'm one of the pastors here and uh, man just honored to be able to be here to be in this position to be able to teach from God's word I believe that this message is, uh, is timely for, uh, for quite a few of, of you guys who are watching, who are joining us. Not that I know this personally, but, uh, but I just feel like this is a, a very special word that God has given me to share with you. This idea of do not quit. And so I'm going to give you, uh, it's going to be a very practical, uh, a message that has a, a lot of application to it so that we can move forward and, and things that we can do, things that we can put into motion when we feel like quitting. Uh, But before we do, I want to set it up. I want to share a few things with you. I don't know. uh, I would say almost as a guarantee, there has never been a time uh, in my lifetime where I have seen and experienced and witnessed so many people who have been through a season of life that has led them to become so tired, so weary, so exhausted, so overwhelmed, so anxiety-driven, and to a place where many are just ready to quit. They're ready to just throw in the towel, towel in, in different aspects of life. And so this is why I feel like this message is so timely. But but I want to just kind of, uh, I guess, explain a little bit what I mean when I say do not quit. Uh, Because on a lighter note, I guess on a humorous note, but also a note that I'm not very proud of, um, I was raised to not quit, to never be a quitter, which I am proud of that. I'm thankful. If you know me, you know that I will compete with you in anything. I have a very competitive spirit. Uh, And I was raised, you start something, you finish it. You don't quit. But Uh, there was a season in my life, this is the part I'm not proud of, to where I would use that honestly as an excuse. And I would, I would say it kind of jokingly, but meaning it as well. Like when I went through uh, this season in late high school, early college, where I was living far, far away from God, and I would have people who would come up to me and say, hey, when are you gonna stop doing that? Or when are you gonna, when are you gonna quit? acting like this or quit doing this. And I would look at him with this little mischievous smirk on my face and say, I'm not because I'm not a quitter. And so when I say, don't you quit, There are some things that I want you to know that you need to quit, right? The things that don't come from God, the things that actually separate you or pull you away from God, you need to quit. And so when I talk about don't you quit today, I'm talking about the things that God has ordained, the things that that God has designed, the things that God has created, the things that, that God speaks about in his word. Your marriage is worth fighting for, don't you quit. Your children, they're worth fighting for, don't you quit. Your calling, your purpose, your identity, your sexuality, all of those things that God has created. Don't you quit. You keep fighting. You keep pursuing those burdens, those dreams that God has given you. Don't you quit. The church, building the local church, spreading the gospel, fighting for the lost, seeking those who don't know Jesus and are far from him. Those are the things that we don't quit on. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. Don't you quit. The second thing, last thing I want to share before we kind of get into the application is this. Um I don't know how you perceive that when you when you hear don't you quit like like for me there's a part that has to kind of check myself because as a man, I want to fix things. I want to, I want to see what, what Brian can do. And, and, and when I say, don't you quit, I don't want you to under, to, to to take that or to, to receive that or interpret that as that you have to work for something like, like the things that you do, if you do something one day or not do something the next day, that it's going to be this level or this measurement to where you're good enough for God. Listen, you have a God who is fighting for you. Okay. But here's what God wants. God wants you to fight. for those things that he's spoken about and he wants you to be available and say yes because he can do a lot more with an available and a heart that's full of yes here I am I'm not quitting I'm gonna fight because I know you're fighting for me I know you've gone in front of me and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on this journey he will do a whole lot more with that than when we get to a place where our attitude our perspective our heart is saying I'm done I quit I'm not doing this anymore. God wants us to fight, but it's not in our own mind. It's not in our own strength. And so that's what I want you to hear. Like, I'm not asking you or telling you or trying to teach you to strive for some level of perfection or to try to, to strive from, from like this level to where you have to reach something to achieve it. Because listen, grace... Is free. Mercies are new every day. Forgiveness is unlimited, and your God is fighting for you, and He wants you to keep fighting. Do not quit. Amen? All right, here we go. We're going to dive into some application. I only have one verse for you today that is that is three things in this verse. Um, it's literally like, that's it. That's what the verse says. And it's three things that I want to remind ourselves of, that I want us to be encouraged by, that I want us to think about when we get into a place where we're ready to quit. Like when I'm ready to throw in the towel for whatever it is, whatever aspect it is, whatever situation is going on in my life, when I'm ready to quit, I want you to think about these three things, all right? You're not going to get that lucky because I do have some supportive passages as well. So we're not just looking at one verse, but that is where the bulk of this is going to come from, the, the, the bones, the skeleton, so to speak, of this message. All right, Romans twelve twelve. One verse that says this, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. All right, let's break that down. We're going to look at all three of those kind of separate, break them down, kind of understand what it means, what it looks like, how we can apply it to our lives. All right, when you feel like quitting, the first thing I want you to do, write it down, is rejoice. In our confident hope. I don't know about you. Have you ever read scripture before <laughs> and like read a verse and you're like, God, you want me to do what? Like, For real? Like you want me to rejoice when I'm at a place where I'm ready to quit? Like you want me to rejoice when I'm at a place where I'm ready to throw in the towel? You want me to rejoice when I'm at a place where I feel like I've been swimming for 15 hours and I can't see anything in front of me? Like you want me to rejoice in that? And God is saying, yes, yes, I do. But here's the beauty of it. God is not necessarily asking for us to rejoice at the situation. He's asking us to rejoice through the situation because of this confident hope that we have. And so as I think about the word hope here, all right, and we're going to break this down. The word hope that is used in this voice, I mean in this verse, excuse me, is, is different than the way we perceive or define or use the word hope, all right? And here's what I mean by that. The way that we use hope is more of like uh, this desire or or a wish, right? Like here's an example. I hope that the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl, right? Like there's no guarantee, but I'm telling you, you better get ready because it's gonna happen this year. All right, I hope that I don't get stuck in traffic going through the tunnel right? Like a wish, a desire. I hope that my kids can go through the day without arguing, right? Like that's the way that we use hope. And most of the time it doesn't come to fruition. It doesn't actually happen. All right. And so, so the word here, if we read it with that definition, it's like, why am I going to rejoice in something that might not even happen? Like, why am I going to rejoice in this, this wish? But he says, I want you to rejoice in our confident hope. The Greek word for hope is, is pronounced this, El Pidzo. I know it looks differently, I'm gonna put it on your screen, it looks differently than, than how it's pronounced, but it's El Pizzo, and it means confidently looking forward to what is good and beneficial, and it is expected. So we're confidently, we have confidence to look forward into something that can happen, is gonna happen, it will happen. And not only that, it's good and it's beneficial. So Paul is writing this and he's saying, you know how you can rejoice through a situation where you're ready to quit? Because you don't actually have to fix your eyes on what you're going through, but you fix your eyes on this confident hope because it's good and it's beneficial for you. Don't you quit. There is so much in God's word that we can rejoice in there is so much that is a confident hope. You can just start with the gospel of Jesus, but not only that, all the promises that are in God's word, that's a confident hope. It's the fact that we can rejoice that the Lord is good and his love endures forever. The Lord is good and we find our refuge in him. The Lord is, you know, for those that that hope in the Lord, they will mount up on wings like eagles and soar. They will run but not grow weary. They will walk but not grow faint. Like the Lord Gives power to the weak and strength to the to the weary. Like it could go on and on with all of these hopes. Only the the the, the enemy comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, "I've come to give life and give it abundantly." These are the the confident hopes that we can have our rejoicing in, and that's just a drop in the bucket of all the hope that we have that's found in God's word. And so when we're going through that situation when we're going through that season, when we're going through that valley, whatever it is, when we're like, bro, I'm, I'm done. I'm so ready to quit. I'm so ready to get in the boat. I'm so ready to stop. I'm so ready to just throw in the towel. We can fix our eyes on this confident hope that says I may not be able to understand what's happening. I may not have the answers on how to get through this, but I know that I have a confident hope that is expected and it is good and it is beneficial for me. And in that, we rejoice. We rejoice. And so don't you quit when you feel like quitting. You rejoice in this confident hope that you and I have as believers. You rejoice in the fact that God has not left us, that God is fighting for us, that God has not forsaken us, and that He is a good, good Father who will help you in time of need. We rejoice in this confident hope. Don't you quit. The second thing that I want you to be reminded of that I want you to remind yourself of when you get ready to quit is this, be patient in trouble. Be patient in trouble. Like, Brian, if the first one's not hard enough, like you want me to rejoice when I'm ready to throw in the towel and now you're telling me I gotta be patient when I'm in time of trouble or when I'm ready to quit? Like, come on, bro, like we know that this society is not a very patient society, right? And like, I'm like, God, come on, you you want me to be patient now? Like we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it, and the time that we want it. Like all the time, that's the way that we live our life in this fast paced life. And now you're saying, I gotta be patient in the middle of a storm. I gotta be patient in the middle of trouble. Yes, he's saying the exact same thing that he said in the first one. I want you to be patient in time of trouble. I want you to be patient when you're going through a time, when you're going through a circumstance where you are ready to quit. And here's why. I love the word patient. In the Greek, again, it's pronounced. This I'm gonna give you. I'm two Greek words in one day, right? Turning into a scholar here. Listen, I'm sharing this because it's so important to help you understand this. All right, here it is. It looks different than it sounds, but it's it's called it's pronounced hoopomeno, hoopomeno, and it means this: to remain, to stay under, to endure. So he says, be patient in trouble. Be in you know to remain, to stay under, to endure in trouble. Like, and that's so hard to do because what happens when we face a season where where we're in trouble, when we face something that we want to quit, we want to get out of it, right? I'm not going to remain there. I'm not going to stay under there. I'm not going to endure that. I'm out. Like, I'm getting out of here. And the Lord is saying, no, no, no. I want you to stay there. I want you to be patient. I want you to remain there. I want you to endure it because it's doing something. And he tells us exactly what it's doing in James chapter one, right here, verse two through four. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble Troubles of any kind come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Consider it an opportunity to rejoice in the confident hope. For you know that when your faith is tested, when you are going through trouble, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Did you catch that? He says, listen, when you're going through something, when you're facing this place, this situation, this season where you want to quit, I just want you to be patient, which means I want you to remain there. I want you to stay under that. I want you to endure that because here's what happens. When you do that, your faith gets tested. And when your faith is tested, it's allowed to grow, which, which creates this endurance, which creates this per- perseverance. And when it's full grown, you lack nothing. Like, come on, that's the kind of faith that I want. I don't necessarily want to go through all of that stuff. But if that's what it takes to get a faith that is growing, that is perfect and complete, needing nothing, that's what I want. And here's what's so difficult about this. When is the last time you stood in front of a mirror and you watched yourself grow, right? You said, oh, there's a quarter of an inch. Oh, there's another quarter of an inch. Like It's virtually impossible. And this is what makes it so hard. When you're going through a season, you can't see that growth. You can't necessarily always measure that endurance, but it's doing something. When you are on the brink of wanting to, you know, your marriage is falling apart, I know you can't see it. I know that it doesn't seem good. When your kid is running far away from Christ and running away from the church, I know it doesn't look good. When your relationships are falling apart, when your finances are falling apart, When you get that diagnosis that you want, I know you can't see the good in it. But Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to know that the things that you face in this life, if you will rejoice in a confident hope, if you will be patient in times of trouble, it's doing something in your life. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. And I know it's hard. And I'm not trying to stand up here and act like, it. you know, it's so easy and I got it and you need to get it. No, no, no. I face some of the same exact things that you face. And there are so many times and so many situations where I'm like, bro, this sucks. Like I'm getting out of here. I don't want it. I don't want to face this to get this. I want to be done, but I need to be reminded and I need to be encouraged that if I want to be complete and lacking nothing in my faith to grow and to mature and to turn into more and more Christ-like and to be the man that God has called me to be, then there are times when I'm going to have to endure and I'm going to have to remain and I'm going to have to stay there and I'm going to have to be patient in times of trouble. Don't you quit when you want to quit. I want you to be reminded and rejoice in the confident hope that you have. And I want you to be patient in times of trouble. And the third thing that we see here is this. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Now, I don't know about you, but years ago, and maybe you just experienced this when I said this, but years ago, before I truly understood the power of prayer, When I would go to someone, maybe a friend or family member or whoever it was, maybe someone in a church, and I would share a a valley or a season or a difficult time that I was in, that I was facing, and the advice that someone would give me when they would say, I just want you to pray about it, Brian, I literally wanted to throat punch them, (laughs) right? Like, that's it? That's all you want to give me? And I don't know if they responded that way, like out of habitual response or if they truly understood the power of prayer. But as I grew in my walk with Christ, as I matured in my walk, I understood that it was so powerful, the advice that they were giving me, because there is so much power in prayer. And I think we neglect this. We want to quit because we haven't tapped in and connected and communicated with the Father where we get all things from. And here's what I understand. As I I grew, I understood how powerful it was. In Hebrews chapter four, one of my favorite passages when when it talks about approaching God, and it's in Hebrews chapter four, and it says this, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, so he's our high priest, He says, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness. He understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings that we do yet he did not sin so when we come to prayer we're coming to this high priest Jesus as our mediator as our intercessor between us and the father and we get to come before him knowing that he can relate to us that he's gone through everything that we're being tested with he's already experienced all the troubles that we're going through he's even faced times where he wanted to quit he said father let this cup pass from me but not my will yours he wanted to quit but he said god's will is bigger than mine but- But listen, we get to come before this intercessor, this high priest named Jesus, who went through everything that we're facing. And here's verse 16. Don't miss this. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You know what prayer does? It allows us to go to the throne room where we can get the strength that we need, the boldness that we need, the power that we need, the courage that we need, the endurance that we need, the stamina that we need, everything that we need to get through this season where we're wanting to quit. If we will just keep on praying, we can keep tapping in. When you don't know what to do, pray. When you don't know which way to go, pray. When you don't know what decision to make, pray. When you don't want to pray, Pray. We keep on praying. There's so much power in it. Don't you quit. You keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying some more and you tap into the power at the throne room of our Father where we can get all that we need to face what we are facing. There's so much power there. So much power there. A few weeks ago, I had, um, most of you know that if not all of you, unless you're new here, that my family and I have been waiting and pursuing and, and on this journey of adoption for for uh I don't know two and a half years now. Um and a couple of weeks ago, uh things have obviously still been at a standstill because of the pandemic and um there really has been no 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 flash of light, if you will. It hasn't been this like we're almost there. It's still unknown, have no idea. And I had this moment of of I would call it weakness, um, if you will, to where I just thought to myself, I said, maybe I, maybe we should just maybe we should just quit. Like maybe we should back out and and and, and figure out a, another path, another route. Uh, you know, maybe this isn't what God has for us. and immediately after I thought that i was I was honestly filled with, uh, I don't know if it was shame or embarrassment, uh, pain, just just this like feeling of like how can you even think that, right? Like how can you give up? And, and and Jesus reminded me through through my time there, where I was just wrestling with my thoughts and having this battle in my mind and in my heart. And he and he placed this reminder in my heart. He said, "I want you to think about all the times that you were far away from me, and I never quit on you." And I never gave up on you. And, and, and in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm not going to give up on this little girl. And I'm going to keep fighting. And I'm going to keep pursuing. And I'm going to keep walking through doors until the Lord closes them. And I was just so, so humbled by the fact that we serve a God who has never quit on us, who has never forgotten us, who has never let us go, who has never for a moment had a thought, hmm, I should probably back out. I don't know that they're ever going to get their life together. I don't know that they're ever going to pay me any attention. I don't know that they're ever going to return to me. So I'm just going to back off and leave them alone. Like God doesn't think that about you. He loves you and He wants you and He wants a relationship with you. But as we face these situations, as we face these circumstances, as we go through all of these, these trials in life, the things around us, and the things that are going on often dictate and, 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 and fill our emotion to make us want to quit. Because our eyes are so fixated on the circumstance. Our eyes are so fixated on the situation. Our eyes are so fixated on the trouble. Instead of on this, this confident hope that we have. Instead of constantly praying and consistently connecting with our Father. Our focus is on the circumstance and the situation. And there's a passage that comes to mind that I want to read to you as, as we close. And, and here's what I want you to do. It's not going to be on your screen. And I don't even want you to open your Bibles. I want you to look at me. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to what the writer of this is saying. And it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter, tw- chapter 11. And we're even going to go into chapter 12. And it's kind of long. But I want you to listen to the power of this when you feel like Quitting. You think about this right here. Paul says, I've served him far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in, put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. I've faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes, one lash away from death. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty. I've gone. I've often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I had the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling of weakness? Who is led astray? And I do not burn with anger. If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who is worthy of eternal praise, know I'm not lying. When I was in Damascus, the governor under King uh, Aretes kept the guards at the city gates to catch me. I had to be lowered in a basket through a window in the city wall just to escape him. This boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was called up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my own body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body, but I do know that I was called up to paradise and I heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth, but I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The same guy who went through all of that who faced all of this persecution, who was beaten, who was shipwrecked, who had something in his life that God, well, he was begging God to take away, but he wouldn't. Who learned to, to, to boast about his weaknesses who said, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what situation I'm going through, no matter what's going through, I'm not going to quit because I understand that I have a God who comes through, whose power shines best in my weakness. And the same guy who went through all of that is the same one who's writing for us to rejoice in our confident hope, to be patient in times of trouble, and to keep on praying. I don't know about you, but I haven't been through half of what this guy's been through. His name is Paul. But I know one thing. Every time I read about him, I don't never see an ounce of him wanting to quit. He says, I'm going to keep on because I got work to do because I want to bring glory and honor to my Father in everything that I face. Even if I have to suffer, even if I have to go through these things, I know that I serve a God who is far greater than any of this. Church, don't you quit. Don't you quit. You keep fighting for that marriage. You keep fighting for those kids. You keep fighting for that calling. You keep fighting for that burden. You keep fighting when you need to speak up and stand out for the things that you know are true of God. And everybody else around you is folding and bowing down to all of these false idols that we have in this world. You keep fighting. Don't you quit. Because the end, the finish line, the thing that you're trying to accomplish is closer than you think. It's closer than you think. Don't you get in that boat. Don't you get in that boat. Even if your eyes, even if your vision, even if everything around you is so foggy and blurry, you stay rooted on God's Word. You rejoice in the promises and the hope that He's given us. And you stay patient when you're in the middle of that storm and you pray. You pray without ceasing, as the Word says. Everything that you do, you pray. And you keep fighting. Don't you quit. Church. God is doing something so powerful in the life of our church and it's because of you. Don't you quit. You keep fighting and you let God show himself, prove himself faithful to you in every situation. Even when you're in the lowest of lows, he wants to show you who he is. Because once something is tested, it proves its faithfulness. And you can go back to it time and time again. He's a good, good father. He loves you. He's fighting for you. And He wants what's best for you. Don't you quit. Church, I love you. I'm so proud to be one of your pastors. I'm so humbled and honored. And and I, I I just love you guys, man. It's so awesome to see what God is doing in the life of our church. But don't you quit. You keep fighting. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that you go before us. We thank you that you go behind us. We thank you that you are beside us. God, we thank you that you give us fight. You give us the strength. You give us what we need to keep pursuing, to get through these valleys, to get through these tough times. God, I pray. I pray for that weary soul who's listening right now, who's watching, Lord. I pray that you would give them that fresh touch, Lord, that you would just just give them a fresh fresh touch of, of your energy, of your strength, of your presence, of your power, so that they can be restored and renewed. God, so that they can soar on wings like eagles so that they can run and not grow weary and walk and not be faint. God, we pray that we can find refuge in You. God, help us to rejoice in the confident hope that we have in You. Help us to stay patient in a time of trouble and help us to keep on praying in all that we do. Help us to not quit. God, we love You. We praise You. We thank You for who You are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I love you guys. I hope you have.